Welcome to the Build Your Future podcast. Hi, my name is Gabe Isaac, and here is my co-host. Hello, my name is Laura McFarland. We are the Indigenous Projects and Apprenticeship Coordinators, or IPAC for short, at JEDI, which also stands for something, if you didn't know. It's the Joint Economic Development Initiative. Um, JEDI, if you're unfamiliar, is a nonprofit organization with the goal of bringing more Indigenous inclusion into the New Brunswick economy. Our goal as IPACs is uh, we focus primarily on trades, bringing trades awareness to Indigenous youth and women, and getting more Indigenous people to start a trades career. In the Build Your Future podcast, we're going to cover many topics, and we're going to have many tradespeople as guests on our podcast. Before we get started with introducing ourselves a little bit more, I'd like to acknowledge that the Jedi Office is located in the traditional unceded territory of the Wallistiquayuk people. This territory and all of New Brunswick are covered by the Treaties of Peace and Friendship, which the Wallistiquayuk, Mi'kmaq, and Passamaquoddy peoples first signed with the British Crown in 1725. The treaties did not deal with the surrender of lands and resources, but in fact recognized the Wallistiquayuk, Mi'kmaq, and Passamaquoddy title and established the rules for what was to be an ongoing relationship between nations. So thank you. Let's move on to those introductions. First, uh, we'll ask Laura just to introduce herself a little bit more. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I said my name's Laura McFarland. I'm an Indigenous woman. My family comes from Metapanagia First Nation, located in Red Bank, New Brunswick. And I'm also a skilled trades professional. Ooh. I am a Red Seal chef. Great, that's so exciting. How much experience you got with a podcast? Uh, this is my very first try. <laughs> <laughs> Me as well. So um, it's not obvious. <laughs> that's okay. We all start somewhere, right? That's right. Um, so a little bit about myself. My name is Gabe Isaac. I am from the Listigajimigma First Nation. Um, I do have some roots in Eel Ground, so Nottawatanek First Nation as well. Um, I don't have any experience in trades. Uh, I do, however, have my administrative professional certificate. I received that from NBCC, so I am a little bit more experienced with college. Uh, which some people might be pursuing to get into the trades. So that's something we might talk about in the future. And Gabe, you also have family background. Um, your dad's in trades. Oh, yes. I, yeah. Uh, so I might not actually have any trades experience, but I do come from a long line of journeymen. <laughs> uh, my dad did some iron work. Um, my grandfather did some iron work. Uh, I've got a lot of uncles who do the same kind of thing. Um, I believe my uncle does some woodworking, and uh, my dad recently got his heavy equipment certification in Quebec, which, just a little fun fact about Quebec and Red Seals, Quebec is the only province in Canada that doesn't actually recognize the Red Seal. However, if you get your certification in Quebec, you can uh, challenge for your Red Seal anywhere else in Canada. Fun fact. Fun fact. So that's a little bit about us. Why don't we move on to just, you know, what is the... What is Jedi? What is this podcast, you know? Well, it's interesting, Gabe, when you were mentioning about your dad and your grandpa and, and the ones that were involved in, this, in skilled trades. That's exactly why skilled trades are so in demand. Um, our skilled trades workers across Canada are actually aging out of their careers. And uh, not to say that your dad's an old guy. I was more worried about you implying that I should continue on to the trades, but, you know... <laughs> It is what it is. And that's why we're, uh, we're, trades are in demand right now. People are retiring out of it, and uh, young people have been urged maybe in a university direction opposed to the apprenticeship. And maybe they haven't heard of it. Maybe they don't know. And that's what we're here to do. 
Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of people, like when I was in high school, and that was, that wasn't that long ago, but it was still a little while ago. Um, a lot of people I know were focusing on, you know, g- getting into university, and university is a good choice if that's what you're looking for. Um, college is, is great, or even just going straight into trades, just getting some experience. Um, it's important to know that when you get into the skilled trades, uh, it's an opportunity to also like earn as you learn. Right on. Um, we talk about university. Again, great experience. But it's a pretty petting. It is. And I think a lot of the myths that we've heard over the years is that people that go into, you know, universities and pursue a, a degree, um, that they're going to make more money and they're going to do this and that. The trades are really a great living that you can earn off the trades, whether it be from you know, working for an employer or starting up your own company, your own business. Um, yeah, you sh- and you know how it is. When things are in demand, people pay. People pay to get somebody to come out and repair something for them. Yeah, what we're trying to say is you can make a nice chunk of change working in a trade. Um, but even, it's also worth acknowledging that it's a different kind of learning style. That's um, right. It's, it's more hands-on. You don't have to take as much in-class time. Um, Mind you, like I mentioned, you could go straight to college. You can go into NBCC and looking to uh, relevant trade. You know, that could be welding, that could be carpentry, what have you. Um, and you could take a year or two course to do that. But if you don't want to do school, I know a lot of people have trouble. Um, it's hard to get through high school, and sometimes people just don't learn that way. Some That's people want to learn with their hands, and, you know, you can actually, we can, if you're Indigenous, Laura and I can actually help you into getting into the apprenticeship program um, with a contact of ours and we can help you get an employer and as soon as you start working and someone wants to take you on as an apprentice you know you can start working towards your block right away you don't necessarily need to um, go to school or pay all that money and a lot of people ask me Gabe is uh, how did you become a red seal did you have to go to culinary school and you know, I worked a lot of years in restaurants and I had a lot of hours under my belt. And I took uh, an unconventional route of challenging my Red Seal exam. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was successful with that. But a, to become a culinary apprentice, you don't really have to attend, you know, a year-long program, pay 10 grand to go into it. It's wonderful if you have that money and you want to do that. I always kind of uh, envious that I didn't attend culinary school. But um, the thing is, where, what better way to learn than stepping into a workplace alongside of somebody that does that, you know, day in and day out and is very, very good at what they do. To work alongside of a, a chef that's been in that industry, that's, a, that's how I learn. I learn by doing and seeing. You can probably tell because I'm always fidgeting and I'm always moving and classrooms are a tough go for trades workers yeah. sometimes. And I mean, I just like, I'm not a trades worker, um, but like a personal barrier I have is like, um, I have ADHD. So uh, you're shifting around, I'm shifting around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping our, uh, our viewers or our listeners can't hear us just shifting around over here. But that's, that's also a barrier with, um, you know, a lot of trades people. And like, I, I went to, I went to college for a year and for me, I, I also learned the same way by like kind of watching other people do the same thing. Yeah. Um, the 
I liked college. I really did. I, I think it was really beneficial with the learning style because, yeah, I, I certainly could have gone to university and took some kind of business management and got a diploma. And, like, that would have been amazing and that would have been great. But, like, I don't want to write a 10-page essay mm-hmm. ever. No. <laughs> but um, so we're talking a lot about trades. Like, why don't we talk about what the trades are? Like, can we start listing off some trades or maybe just a little, like, sure. description? What's a trade? Yeah, um, we have a list of se- over 72 um, skilled trades in New Brunswick. Wow. I'll speak on New Brunswick because that's our jurisdiction. <laughs> we can't go any farther than New Brunswick. <laughs> um, everybody kind of knows of skilled trades. You think right away carpentry, heavy equipment, welding, plumbing, um, well, culinary. You know, these are what come to your mind when you first think. Electrician, you th- we think of the popular ones, but there's so many. And really, if if you're able to go down through the list, I would almost feel anybody could find something that speaks to them. And follow your passion. Mm-hmm. Find something that really speaks to you that you would really love to do. It was a no-brainer for me to look down through the list and think, oh, that one's fun and that one's fun. <laughs> but sometimes what people find fun, like what you might find fun, isn't, you know, the same for me. Yeah, and that that's fine. But, like, you talk about the popular ones. And, yeah, trades are occupations where you work primarily with your hands and and you know not in office typically I mean maybe they do I'm not sure Um, but we also know that there are trades that people don't know are trades Um, when I had become when I had come into this IPAC role I found out that hairdressing is a trade right Um, PSW was recently uh, recognized as as a trade Uh, PSW if you're unfamiliar is the personal support workers I do believe those can actually go into nursing too. Um, I've, I've had I think a couple that's of. It's brand new. It's just come out. I know um, my mentor's been mentioning to me about the personal support worker, and we waited a long time for that to become an apprenticeable trade. So we're really excited about that one. Yeah, and I mean, personal support workers are so important. And, you know, we, we asked, I know a lot of people can get into personal support working, whether it's for family or a friend, you know. Right. Um, we all have people in our lives who might be just needing that kind of support at home. Right. So that's something to look into. If you're, if you're already doing that, if you're already, or if you know somebody, you know, it's worth them getting certified for it. Right. You know, if you and are certified, you can get paid more and make a better living. Yeah, it looks great on your resume too, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I mentioned that I went about getting my certification in the unconventional method, but... I want to let people know how easy it is to get into an apprenticeship, especially if you are an Indigenous person and there's so many government funding and government help for people that want to do maybe a career pivot, maybe you're just getting out of high school and you want to get into the trades. So in long story short, this is how it goes. You go into a job that you would like to work at, say I'd love to be a mechanic, you go into a mechanic shop and straight out say you know what I love cars I love working on cars is this something that um, are you looking for somebody and a lot of um, trades workers are definitely looking and willing to trade or to train on the job so you walk in you you get a job so right away you're getting paid while you're learning Um, we kind of like to let you um, work in your employment for a couple of months until we see that it's a good fit and it's something that you're interested in and then we'll sign you up as an Indigenous apprentice. 
And that's when you start collecting your hours for working in the workplace, um, earning money as you go, and the Indigenous apprenticeship will help with paying for things such as your PPE, like your you know, work boots or tools or things that you might require for this job. You are going to do so many hours in the classroom, but it's not like a year in the classroom. You're going to do a set number of hours in the classroom because um, there are stuff. We, we got to take the good with the bad and we got to do our, our classwork. We yeah. got to do our homework. I mean, I don't know if I would want a carpenter who wasn't good at math. <laughs> I, I would really, if someone is, <laughs> if I have a carpenter, if I hire one, yeah. I really want this person to be good at math. I remember being a kid and saying, when am I ever going to need this? You even need math in culinary, you know. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I've, I mean, I've only taken a culinary class in high school. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, there was definitely some measuring and converting units and right. math. Way and, you know, stuff. I was a kid that struggled through school. I didn't enjoy school and... Um, it was, you know, it's painful for somebody, you know, that that doesn't thrive in that. But what I did thrive in was home economics, what they called it in the olden days, and um, and that's another thing. Home economics were generally set out for girls. Shop class was set out for boys. But man, times are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was to a women in business conference last year when there was over 300 tra- women working in the skilled trades. Wow! And uh, they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, just a, just a little fun fun thing. I've heard this Jedi. Us a Jedi, we actually have a couple of like different programs. Um, so we had recently just put on a welding camp. We've had like I think two welding camps, and these camps were specifically for youth. And I've heard at a couple of separate occasions from a couple of different people who probably didn't even talk to each other that girls are better at welding. <laughs> um, we have. Laura, you had a 10-year-old in your welding course. We did, uh, and normally we don't accept under the age of 12, but um, this young girl over in Elsie, um, her parents come in and they sign for her to take the course, and honestly, she really shone at that. (laughs) Did she? Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And uh, I was so proud of her, and even we just finished up a welding camp here a couple of weeks back, and we had a trades competition. And then the trades competition... There was a boy that won first place. He had previous experience in welding, but second place went to a girl. This was her first time ever welding. Good for her. Yeah, girl power moment. Girl power moment. <laughs> um, just for clarification, what we mean here, um, we are located in St. Mary's, uh, so Fredericton area. We were at Leo Hayes. Yep. That was over the March break, so uh, March 2023, first yeah. week there. It was fun. It was a great time. And we're hopefully going to have another welding come welding camp coming up that's some of the things that we do in our job yeah other things that we've got going on right now um i'm not sure if it's it's a good idea to date our podcast uh we're recording this at the end of march of 2023 um but we've actually recently started another program too and this is for uh like post-secondary age people people outside of high school um adults we have uh the three trades orientation so the three trades orientation is primarily um an opportunity for people to try a trade and we actually have the opportunity to try three trades uh, right now our current three trades orientation is a partnership with st. Mary's and NBCC uh, the trades we're covering here is uh, carpentry plumbing and electrical this program goes for a span of 16 weeks and afterwards we do have some uh, work placements after this course you actually have what is it like 300 hours towards your first block 
Yeah, in whatever trade you choose out of those three trades. So even though you're learning all three trades, what I super love about this three trades orientation is everything that these students are learning, they could put together a, a structure. They could put together a building. They could wire this building and have lights in it. They could plumb this building and have sinks and, and toilets in this. And that's kind of cool to me because I would love, I mean, I tried to build a doghouse once and uh, I think a hard wind took it down. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is why we, <laughs> we promote training. Yeah. I mean, anyone could try, <laughs> try carpentry, but <laughs> will it hold up? <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Right. And so with the three trades orientation, we actually do plan to bring that to more indigenous communities around New Brunswick. So we're in the we're in the talks with a couple of communities right now who are really excited to bring this program again to their community. This program, by the way, for our our clients is free. We we are paying for this for you guys to have this opportunity. There's no tuition. Um, we have the books for you. Uh, we get your PPE. All you got to do is show up, and we do pay you to be there. And we even help out with child care if you have children. Child care, and if you're outside of the community of wherever we're hosting this uh, Three Trades Orientation, we do pay a little bit of travel as well. Yeah. So that's worth thinking about. So keep your ears open. You might be hearing about a Three Trades Orientation near you. Right. Yeah. And well, a lot of people might be thinking, well, if you can walk onto a job site and get a job as you know an apprentice, why would you go through the Three Trades Orientation? Well, the Three Trades Orientation is a great introductory way. Um, it is always nice to have a little knowledge of what you're doing and a basic knowledge of tools. Um, that just looks really good. So if, if you're having a stumbling block on uh, walking right into somewhere and, and getting that type of apprenticeship, the Three Trades will really prepare you for that. I mean, personally, if I was looking into getting into trades, I'd like to know if I like it. You know, and there's no downfall. You you take this course, you're getting paid to go, um, and you get to find out if you like it because wouldn't it just, it, it would not be great to go to college or like, you know, you pay tuition to go to NBCC and you start looking into welding and you find out you don't like it. Right. I know a couple of people who I went to high school with, uh, both are non-Indigenous, but, you know, they, guy I know, would, he was taking electrical in Bathurst. He did his one-year course and he said he hated it. Mm. It wasn't for him. Right. And, you know, that's that's the unfortunate truth with a lot of things in life. And we want to make getting into trades or even just finding out if you like trades as easy and as painless as possible. You take this three trades orientation, you're going to find out whether you like it. And if you don't like it, there's no real downside. That's right. There's some other prod, um, people that we partner with, um, such as Map Strategic and Skills uh, New Brunswick. They put on some similar type of courses and every now and again, we might get a client that's uh, maybe not, not interested in those three trades, but they will put on different programs throughout the year that specialize in each individual trade. Um, there's an auto mechanics course going on. There's uh, plumbing courses going on. And I've had a few clients that have gone down. They weren't ready to be a mechanic right away, but they were interested in taking the mechanics course. Good to know. And the funny thing is, is that she got into the mechanics course and realized, I love the bodywork part of it. Oh. Yeah, she, and uh, I think I see her doing a pivot. Like, you know, it's still a skilled trades and it's exciting, but she was really good at it and she really enjoyed that. That's good, good for her. See, and like yeah. just having that opportunity to try something and then realize, well, maybe this isn't for me. But this might be, and you know, it, it's mm -hmm. still like, it's still in the automotive industry, and it's just kind of like, 
a, a career adjacent. Right. Um, but yet, no, that that's great. I'm good for her. Yeah, and I've heard of people signing up for the three trades and thinking, you know, electrician all the way. I want to be an electrician. That's what I want to be. And they're surprised as anybody when they get in and realize, you know what, I really enjoy that plumbing aspect of the of the build, and I'm really good at it. <laughs> you might just find something out about yourself that you weren't. You just never had you the opportunity. Didn't know before. You yeah. just didn't know before, and that's great. Um, so we should start wrapping up pretty soon. But just. Um, yeah. Just to let everyone know, too, like on top of our three trades orientation, we did mention that welding camp. We are developing other kinds of camps to give uh, youth an opportunity to try other trades. Like right now we have an all trades kind of thing where we cover like our three trades, some cooking and some other stuff. Maybe it's painting. But, you know, we're looking into like carpentry, some heavy equipment simulators. And these are like five day camps for kids. We also plan to bring these out into communities around New Brunswick as well. Um, some other stuff we've got planned is, like, uh, we do plan to have booths at the powwows this summer. And we got a couple of other things on the go that we can't quite discuss yet. But we're hoping you'll see Laura and I uh, in a community near you soon enough. Soon enough. Soon enough. But uh, just so you guys know what we're looking forward to this year with these podcasts, we already have some guests in mind. Uh, we've got Wade Wheaton coming up next, hopefully with, uh, you know, talking more about how, as an Indigenous person, you can get into trades. Uh, we want to talk more about, uh, you know, trades for youth, starting your trades journey. Uh, we would like to talk about more trades that are in demand, you know, getting specifically into women in trades, a history of Indigenous skilled trades. We've got all kinds of things coming up this year and, of course, more to come. We're looking forward to it. That's right. And speaking of Wade Wheaton, he's, uh, I spoke before about my mentor. Um, Wade is an Indigenous counselor. He's an Indigenous apprenticeship counselor. Apprenticeship counselor, yeah. And uh, he's been a, a Red Seal carpenter for many, many years. He taught at NBCC and he's now, um, mentoring and helping employers and and helping apprentices and he is very knowledgeable about the skilled trades and i'm looking forward to hearing him speak me too on another point if you are from a first nation community across new brunswick and you're hearing us talk about our programs and our camps coming up feel free to reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and set up a camp in your community so if you're looking for some more information, I think, uh, I believe our information's all in the description of this podcast today. So you can always give the JEDI office a call. That is the Joint Economic Development Initiative. Um, and if you want to talk trades, you can either get in contact with Laura McFarlane or Gabe Isaac, and we can help you. Uh, whether you just have questions or uh, whether you'd like, maybe recommend your community, maybe we can get in contact with somebody for one of these programs or camps, uh, just... Get in contact. We, can, we can help you build your future. We can build your future. <laughs> Laura, can you give me a high five there? High five. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everyone. And of course, we'd like to thank our funders for making this project possible. Uh, that is the government of Canada, government of New Brunswick. Um, of course, JEDI, the Joint Economic Development Initiative. So excited to bring these podcasts near you. Yeah, please like and subscribe. Um, tune in next time. We're only going to get more exciting and better. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.